Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, what's happening? Welcome to Red Men. This clip is from an absolute belter of a debate show from Red Men Plus this week. The topic brought in by Sage was have Liverpool been sussed out? Let's watch on. Look, Paul, you know, I was actually, you know, when I got got sent this, um, I thought I'd have a look at it. And what I did was I looked at our net spend over the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, and I know, you know, Liverpool, we, we do like to talk about net spend. So I thought I'd have a look at it over the last 10 and when you look at the net spend and you've got all the big, let's say, the, the PSGs and the Man Cities at, at the top, we accept, you know, we accept that fine, fair play. But when I started seeing, you know, the teams like Juventus and, and Bayern Munich and to the lesser, lesser extent, teams like West Ham uh, popping up there and then there's like Leicester just below us. And our net spend is, you know, we're, we're going up against the, the likes of West Ham and Leicester, let's say. <laughs> Personally, we definitely need to be spending a lot more, um, especially now. Look, I've accepted the model the way it was. It was fine. We accepted it as, as fans generally. We accepted the model. And, you know, it worked. it's, it's done as well. It's, it's, the, it's a model that's worked for us. But I feel as though now it's come to a time where hard decisions need to be made in, yeah. terms, of, in terms of spend, you know. And, you know, the last couple of years, we've, we haven't really spent much. We, you know, we signed Canate last year, one signing. We signed Diaz in, the, uh, in Jan, which I believe should have been a signing that should have been um, made three or four months prior to that, before that. So we're now, we've, we've signed, you know, we lost Mane, we've lost Origi, we've lost Minamino, we've only bought in one attacker. Yes, Carvalho to an extent is an attacker, but we definitely need to be signing a lot more and fast. Yeah. Do you think, Jamie? I'm going to go against that a little bit because if you look at good debates, yeah, <laughs> debate, yeah, yeah both. I don't think we should be envious of the likes of Juventus necessarily. Like if you look at, you know, they were paying Aaron Ramsey something like four hundred grand a week, and they're you know trying to get rid of Rabio, and they've they, they've had their uh, they've been burnt by the Ronaldo deal, and so I think this is being framed about what's happening right now. People yeah. want to sign a midfielder. We've not started the season well. I was originally in the we don't need to sign anybody camp, but I think on the now when you're looking at the the likes of you don't know what's happening with Naby Chamberlain's never really in the picture, is he because of his injury record? Mm -hmm. Jones has crept up as a he's you know a bit of a treatment table uh, favourite. So I get I get why I think now. It does feel a bit negligent not to spend that little bit more, but I think if you look back, the certainly the Klopp era of FSGs, the Klopp Edwards era has been the most successful. Mm -hmm. They did, you know, they did seem to spend fairly liberally back going back ten years ago, but we wasted a lot of that money, and there's I think there's a. 
I know people are unhappy right this second, but I think there's there's all this there's this heavy clamour, isn't there, especially online? And I do think we 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 could do with signing a midfielder, but I just think back to the likes of you know. I was writing it in one of my columns before the Palace game. There was loads of people saying, "Well, we need to sign Jack Butland." This is before we signed Allison. <laughs> you know, they just waited that little bit longer, and they spent a world record fee on a goalkeeper, and they've got the right guy. I don't. I think it would it would make people feel short term better to just sign three or four players now, but yeah. I'm not necessarily sure it's the right strategy. So what I've got. I'll- up in front of us here, it's not ten years. I got I got the last five years because it doesn't quite cover Klopp's era, but it also isn't tainted by what goes on before it. Premier League club net spend for the last five years, and take these figures with a little grain of salt because no one ever truly knows the cost of a transfer and, and all the things that go with it. Uh, but in the last five years, Manchester City topped the table. Uh, purchased gross, so that's basically they've spent eight hundred and eighteen point five million pounds on players. They've sold three hundred and twelve point nine, which gives them a net spend of five hundred and five point six million, which averages out to one hundred and one per, per season. That means that effectively go, their outgoings are greater than their incomings by a hundred by the, to the tune of a hundred million on transfers per season. Uh, second on that is Manchester United. Uh, again, the, the gross spend is six hundred and eleven. Sold 231's worth, uh, their net spend is 378, which again equates to about 75.8. Liverpool are down in 7th in this one. So, having spent 470, recouped 378, but the, the net spend there at 92.4, which is about 18.5 a season, which is not too dissimilar actually to what we're coming out in this year already, if you just look at what we've bought and what, what we've mm-hmm. sold. It's interesting because I think your point, I think your point is... It's right, Saj, and I agree. I agree when you're talking about the net spend of Juventus and when you're talking about the net spend of other clubs that aren't backed by ridiculous outfits and the ones who are challenging for their leagues and the teams that expect to be in their last 16 of a Champions League every season. But when you look at who else, Everton are fourth on that list, third, fourth. Um that for me is not a well Liverpool should be spending more money because Everton are spending more money that shows me that just spending money doesn't what you spend is irrelevant it's how you spend that's important but look Paul you're not from my look I think uh, Liverpool as a whole the way we've actually bought has been done really really well and I think Klopp you know has shown over the last few years more so that you know he's when he's wherever we've generally bought we've got a hit of let's say at least 90% Barling, barring, let's say, Naby Keita was the one where it probably yeah. went, as Liverpool fans would say, where it sort of went wrong. Yeah. Um, but generally speaking, our hit rate is really, really high. So when I was looking at the, over the last five years, I thought, I was looking at the year where we were where we didn't sign a centre-back and um, the year where we, when Lovren went and we were doing really well, you know, we were flying at the start of the season, we had them injuries. And I always felt just before at the start of that season that, we missed out on a centre back that season, waiting yeah. for the we're waiting for the right one. Where we could have, you know, we, we, I think before the head of Man City had come towards towards December, and then obviously all our injuries came into play, and then we started seeing um, a decrease in our form because of the amount of injuries that we accumulated over uh, in, in in the centre back position. So it was that like it was moments like that. I think maybe if we could have done a bit more at that time, thinking okay, a centre back at that time rather than wait six seven months. Could, would it have been possible to get gone a bit harder on Kanate at that sort of time? Mm-hmm. And again, I think it boils down to this time again. We're at that stage this season where 
we knew we were in midfield is short. Could we have done a bit more at the start to bring somebody up? Yeah, we were linked to Tushimani and that didn't work out. But yeah, that's that's in terms of looking at timing. My, my overall feeling is I'm I'm fine with Liverpool being a self-sustaining business. Yeah. And if you and, and but self-sustaining business doesn't mean your transfer net spend needs to be zero. You know what I mean? No. It does. That's actually not what that means at all. There's no problem with going a little bit of and beyond because you're earning more money. You know, you're bringing successes in. You're winning leagues. You're getting to finals of Champions Leagues. You're, you're taking the most money you can take out of a Champions League competition, which already brings you tons of money anyway. Yeah. And this is not necessarily for me. It's not necessarily a season in, season out thing. Is that there have to be? It can be an occasional exception where your overall net spend can come up over over a few years because there's one summer where you might need to go big, and like look. That might be next summer, but it's actually never really been any summer for Liverpool where we've gone, our outgoings have been significantly bigger than our what we've recouped. You might have to track back an extra transfer window for so for example, bringing Allison in mm-hmm. comes off the back of selling Felipe Coutinho, of course, you know, and obviously Van Dijk comes in that, that that winter as well. This summer will look a little skewed because we brought the Diaz transfer forward from this summer yep. back to back to January. So there's potentially another fifty billion pounds worth of transfers, but we also didn't to your point, we didn't spend hundreds the, the summer before. There's always extenuating circumstances. We were still recovering and getting the true COVID. picture of COVID and the impact of all that kind of thing. But I'm not sure that there's, it's outside the realms of of Liverpool's ability. I don't think it capsizes the ship for them to drop 100 million quid, an extra 100 million quid one summer. No, because in the grand scheme of things, it does. The money exists somewhere within the football club. I would suspect it becomes unsustainable if you want to do that every season. That's yeah. where you start to come into conflict with FFP. But I don't think it's a massive ask to say if it's there and it needs doing, and it does look like it's there and it needs doing, because yeah. they clearly wanted to and that was going to cost that massive chunk of money. Did they then go, ah shit? Well, we have to go big on Nunes. Did that take a little bite out of that? Maybe I don't. I don't. I don't really understand it. Hey, before we delve into things, I just want to tell you about our Liverpool streaming service. It is Redmen Plus. Get involved over there for extra Redmen shows in video form, in podcast form. You've got documentaries, features, interviews, and a hell of a lot more besides. If you join as a club legend, you get the Discord chat, you'll get free merchandise and a host of extra bonus perks. It's like Netflix for Liverpool fans. Get over there, get involved. Otherwise, let's face it, you're going to miss out on amazing Liverpool stuff in your life I think they've uh, they've gambled I, I don't know if it's Klopp is a, has a kind of gambler's mentality even going back to the season when we had just Albi Moreno as a left back then he gets dropped after a couple of games Milner, Milner comes in and ends up doing a really good job you think we didn't have two left backs there to compete yeah. and they got away with that although we didn't challenge for the title it did look a bit negligent when City had just had a year where they'd lost, was it Laporte, for the whole year. Um, they were short at centre-back. Then we let Lovren go, and then, oh, guess what? We end up out. I mean, it was yeah. an unprecedented injury crisis. So there are little times when you think, I think they might be pushing, pushing it in terms of gambling a bit too much. But I still think... I still think they're doing it right in terms of the targeted signings because I'm not jealous, for instance, of Chelsea. Like you look, they've just signed, they they've just signed a left back for sixty million quid, and they've already signed how much was um, Chilwell, yeah, similar, yeah. Oh, fifty plus million. Looking at Gordon for sixty, he's mm. a he's a decent, looks like a he's a you know a rare bright spark for uh, the Blues last yeah. season. 
Is he a sixty million pound no. player? Like he might and end up like yeah, Ross and Barkley. I, I, I think like, that point. I think that point. Right, the recruitment has still got to be spot on. Yeah. You still you can't just spend money for money's sake. But again, you would trust Liverpool. They've they've, they've got that record of, of of delivering success and doing the right thing in that regard. Yeah, so it would be. It, it feels like there should be a little bit more in that because we've never been here before, and that's my slight concern on this. Is I think it's different when you're climbing. Right now, you need to. You, the 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 window you're aiming for is smaller now. The target you're shooting at, you know, it's further away and it's smaller, and and the wind's blowing because you're right at you're right at the edge of of, of, of at the top of football. Yeah. So I appreciate you've got to get more things right, but also because of that, you need to buy better players, and better players cost more money. And I think if we're starting to rely on if we're if we're looking for little signings here and there I think you're going to get some like Fabio Carvalho could prove to be an absolute gem an absolute steal Elliot could be exactly the same and if you get both of them to be regular Liverpool first team players well you've saved yourself £100 million just by not having to spend £60 million a pop on each of them which is when you look at Jude Bellingham is the same age as both of those lads more or less maybe a year in it and he's been touted as a hundred million pound footballer. Yeah. You I agree, I agree. You can't buy three of them. But if we want to stay at the top, we might need to say, "Well, is a summer where we do end up in the in a little bit of a transfer deficit?" Where we say, "Well, hang on, this is just a summer where we you know, we're not going to make this back." And I wonder. I suppose the injuries to Ox and Cater, and just Cater in general, makes this a little bit more complex. Whether we'd have actively looked to push them out and that. Gives them a little bit more freedom to move, but even then, uh, you know, I don't know whether there's just a ruthlessness that Liverpool just needs to say, right, there's some more, there's some more, go for it. The, the one factor I just wanted to talk about because I mentioned this when we talked about it on the podcast that it very rarely gets brought into discussion, so I don't want to be guilty of falling under my own my own thing here that I, my own blame that I'm ha- I'm handing out is the salary cost yeah. because as much as we can say Liverpool don't spend above and beyond. What we do know is that salary costs have, have increased massively in the time that Jürgen yeah. Klopp's been here. So what I've got, what I managed to find, and again, treat it with a little bit of uh, a little bit of pinch of salt because I've seen it. Liverpool's referred as to over three hundred million in a lot of places. Then I see it talked about as being a hundred odd million. I don't fully understand, but for illustrative purposes, I've gone off sportsrack.com here and gone for the 22-23 season. In terms of estimated total salary, leading the way is reportedly Manchester United on with 218.3 million a year on salaries. Chelsea are in second on 182.3. Liverpool are in third on 153.7. And Man City are in fourth on 144. Now, obviously, they've let a couple of players go on, yeah. on huge wages, but they've obviously brought them in. Um, that's a little suspect to me. Yeah. I, I'm not because there are other. Accounting websites on this, which will have City top, followed by United, followed by Liverpool. Um, but just for the illustration of it, Liverpool at 153 million. Now, this only goes back to the 2017 season, which I'll, I'll bring up now. 2017, 2018. What it has Liverpool down there is in fifth with a total salary per year of 86 million. Mm. So, what you can see from 2017 to 2022, we've effectively doubled our outgoings on a yearly yeah. basis on the salary. Um, I just thought it was an interesting point to bring up, Saj, mm. because effectively you're looking at there, even a simple math, it's around that's around 70 million a year, yeah. which when you think about it, is kind of the figure we're talking about in terms of difference in 
transfer yeah, look, in terms of um, the, the increases in salary due to the success that we've had actually on the field with so many of our players a lot of our players have received that contract extension yeah. bar money let's and say. all the bonuses that come yeah. with winning yeah, which yeah, won't be factored course. into this yeah, of course so you know that of, of course you know that that the figure shows that that 70 80 million drop off that we can see it, it will have factored in into the costs of of, of the club but again from my um, side Paul is I can. I'm. I'm all good for the way we've been run and everything, and we've all trusted the way that the club is run financially, and, and I'm happy with it because it's brought us success. Who am I to question the way we've actually been run over the last few years when we were down in sixth and now we've been challenging on all fronts? But there comes a time where I think, and it's now from my from what I can see, there comes a time once where you think like, like you mentioned, Paul, that you think now is probably the time that the team sort of needs a bit of a refresh, yeah. a bit of a push to say, and I think the last couple of games probably have shown that as well, that, you know, we probably do need a bit of a refresh in terms of players. I know we've got a lot of injuries. We've also got a few leaving in, at the start of next season. They're not at least, let's say, three that I can think of on top of my head. So maybe a refresh in terms of at least one midfield, one midfielder, just to, you know, to steady the boat, especially when we know with the same sort of players that get injured. I know we've been through down this road so many times. Um, with, with with just general talk about Liverpool, but there's a time where we need a push, and and I genuinely believe this was the sort of season where we needed a push. Uh, yeah, and I can appreciate it from that because that's where I'm kind of at with this. Is at the moment we're all right because I'm not sure there's any other team who are truly equipped to to step up just yet. Mm. We're probably another season or two away from them really making that kind of leap. But City don't look like they're going anywhere. And do we have to, is this a, I don't know, is this being, being factored in or a little step back to step forward or whatever? I'm not sure any of us would be happy to hear that because no. it's a year of our lives um, as much as anything else. But I, I, my, that's my kind of broad feeling on this. I'm not, I'm, I agree. I'm, I'm, I am happy with how the club's been run. I don't think you can detach as much as we can say we should have done the X, Y, and Z. What Liverpool have managed to achieve, given all of the things we've discussed there, I think is nothing short of, of, of phenomenal. And the point is, there's tons of other football clubs who've tried it in different ways and come nowhere near close to challenging City the way we have. Yeah. So there's no guarantee that any other other approach than the one we a- adopted could be successful. But haven't got here. And we've had plenty of summers where, OK, we questioned at the time, Question: Winning the Champions League and not and not adding. Yeah. We added Harvey Elliott and Adrian that that mm. summer. Yeah. Okay, we went on and won the league, but it does look a little bit like it feels churlish to say, "Well, we should have done X, Y, and Z." But I don't know. At the minute, I look at the balance, particularly of Liverpool's midfield and the age and the age brackets there, and it's it it's crying out for someone to it's it's crying out for a a, a guy in the prime of his career yeah. to come in and be what Liverpool needs to be. And it feels like you know this was a missed up. This might have been a missed opportunity to not go a little, just a little harder in the transfer spend this season. Yeah, I think it's well. I mean, if first things first, it's very hard. I mean, I, I you can't think of many managers or Ferguson uh, accepted who consistently once they've reached the top of the mountain, it's every year. You know, they were pretty much. There were some years they didn't win the league, sure, but every year they were in the conversation. Yeah. Even Wenger. For the last probably 10, 12 years of his career, was they weren't really in with a shout for the league, and they were, you know, they were getting knocked out the Champions. They were getting battered by the likes of Barca and Bayern and things like that. So that dropped off from the peak of you know Invincibles, Henri and Vieira sort of here. So it's very very hard to sustain uh, being at the top for that long. But it does feel now like 
it might be. I'm not saying, you know, Ferguson used to like get rid of, um, you know, get rid of Pallister and Bruce. I'm not saying we should sell Van Dyke and, you know, just to like make a few waves or whatever, but it does feel like maybe now is the time for a little bit more of a cash injection and a bit of a, a refresh, especially in that midfield area yeah if you want more an extra red men podcast each and every week but you're unsure what the best platform for it well the best platform is of course redmenplus.com but if you are absolutely married to spotify if you cannot live without spotify in your life you can get the red men plus podcast there now simply search for us on there sign up through there and you'll be able to access all of the new weekly podcasts from red men plus directly in your spotify app Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.